0: Hey, everybody. This is episode 23 of Artist Soapbox. Hello, and welcome to Artist Soapbox, a podcast featuring artists from the Triangle region of North Carolina talking about their work, their plans, their manifestos. I am Tamara Kassane. Here's to six months of podcasting with Artist Soapbox. Before we jump into episode 23... I want to send out a special thank you to Soapboxers Tim McMacken and Julie Rhodes. If you're a theatergoer in the Triangle, I'm certain you've seen Tim and Julie in the audience. They're valued members of the arts community sharing their time, enthusiasm, support, and laughter. Tim and Julie are also patrons of the Artist Soapbox podcast, for which I am very grateful. Thank you, Tim McMackin. Thank you, Julie Rhodes. To become a patron of Artist Soapbox, visit our Patreon page www.patreon.com slash soapbox. And now on with the show. In this episode, I speak with Jamika Holloway Burrell about the first Bull City Black Theater Festival. Jamika Holloway Burrell is a theater events curator, administrator, and director, passionate about advancing the legacy of black theaters and black theater practitioners. In 2011, after studying technical theater at North Carolina Central University's Department of Theater, she interned in Arts Admin and worked as a stage manager for the Lark Play Development Center in New York City. In 2013, Jamika was the company management resident at Cape May Stage in Cape May, New Jersey. Jamika serves as artistic director and producer for Black Ops, a theater company in Durham, North Carolina, which she founded in 2015. She recently returned to her hometown after spending three months as an assistant director at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Additionally, Jamika is also project manager for the Black Theater Commons, a national advocacy group and resource-sharing network for Black theaters and practitioners. Hi, Jamika. Hi, Tam. Thanks so much for being here. Pleasure's all mine. I'd like to read a description of the Bull City Black Theater Festival just to give us a little bit of context. Hosted by Black Ops Theater Company, the Bull City Black Theater Festival is a new event in Durham, North Carolina, created to celebrate Black theater arts, artists, and culture. The festival will showcase the voices of current, local movers and shakers while encouraging and empowering upcoming and aspiring professional Black theater artists, administrators, and practitioners. What is your role for this
1: festival event? So I am the lead curator for the festival. I've also been known to call myself the lead strategist Mm -hmm. (laughs) because it definitely takes a lot of strategy uh, to launch something like this. Mm
0: -hmm. Why a festival rather than a standalone play?
1: it had been on my mind and heart for a very long time to begin creating more community between um and within the the black theater artists that exist and thrive in, in the triangle um and i just wanted to fi- i was just trying to figure out ways to do that like how do i get us all in the same space mm-hmm. how can we be more supportive of one another share resources skill set, and I thought um, a festival might be a great way to try to figure out actually like a long-term goal of how Black theater companies might be able to exist under some type of alliance with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, My good friend Monet and I have been talking about uh, the Black Box Collective, which would be a collective of the Black theater organizations in the Triangle who who would get together and, again, like I said, share resources, skill sets, marketing, and just give ourselves in whatever ways that we can. Mm -hmm. So this festival is actually an exploration of something larger Mm -hmm. that I would like to see happening in the Triangle in the future.
0: One of the things that I'm really excited about About this festival, is the focus on featuring and promoting local artists. Why local instead of bringing in artists from elsewhere? Because I know that you and several other people involved in the festival are really well connected nationally, but it seems like you're really looking here in the triangle.
1: Yeah, it's just important to me. And it's actually one of the things that uh, I, I mean, this is the artist soapbox. I can speak candidly yes, here, please. <laughs> but it's just one of the things that actually pisses me off lots of times about uh some theater makers and local theater scenes. Just this idea that we feel like the talent that we need doesn't already exist here, and we have to go to L.A. or look to New York or Chicago or wherever else to find what we need. And I feel like the skill, the talent. Um, It's here. It exists here. And I want to uplift that Mm -hmm. locally. I mean, it's so great what people are doing nationally and all around the country. But just an emphasis on what we are cultivating here in the triangle is something that I wanted to affirm and uplift. And also, um, as a student of Black theater, you learn about the shoulders of the titans that we stand on, folks like uh, Dr. Barbara Antier of the National Black Theater, uh, Woody King New Federal Theater, and people who started, the artists who started Caramel House. But I also really lean into just this rich legacy of Black theater that has already existed in the triangle um, with a uh, window tab at the Hillside High School, like the drama performances that these kids are are presenting is it's really moving and transformative, and there's also you know some of my mentors, Dr. Lindercare Norfleck from the NCCU Department of Theater, and playwrights like Sam Art Williams uh, from Burgall, North Carolina. There's such just such a rich history here, mm-hmm. and I feel as an artist who's from this area, like I'm we born and bred, mm-hmm. it just feels pertinent that I expand on and and work hard to continue that very rich legacy. Mm-hmm.
0: And not only history, but also current activities. Oh, There's so much art being made in this area by local artists who are actually accessible. Absolutely. And we could talk to and, you know, and collaborate with absolutely. on a regular basis. You have a team of eight on your creative development team. For this festival, could you talk a little bit about that?
1: Sure. So I I I feel really privileged to be able to actually uh, going back to what you said about just the local artists being accessible. I feel very. Privileged to have access to a lot of these people on our creative devo- development team. Uh, there is LaKeisha Coffee, who's a veteran, who I, I saw in a in an article that recently said veteran stage actress <laughs> LaKeisha Coffee, and I was like, yes, veteran stage actress, right. so, um, and we
0: know her, <laughs> we know her.
1: <laughs> I can call her now, right? And uh, and we also have Carly Jones, who is new director of music for the uh, North Carolina Arts Council. There is Tima Lasseter, who is she is a rock of mine. And uh she's the curator of the African American Cultural Festival of Raleigh and North, uh in Raleigh and Wake County. And Monet Marshall is also part of the creative development team. Monet brings, I say this to her often. I'm an introverted person and I, I want to say, I don't want to say suffer but I experience very severe anxiety Mm -hmm. and around Monet, I feel at ease Mm -hmm. in a way that I don't around anybody else. It's just something um, so ancestral about her. She grounds me um, in a lot of ways. Monet, she also brings her um, consulting background to the piece. So she's always asking me the right questions because uh, you get a lot of questions, but I feel like Monet always asks me the right questions at mm-hmm. the right time and in the right way. We also have a good friend of mine, Natasha Thompson, who's a playwright whose play will be presented as a stage reading on the 15th, uh, Thursday the 15th mm-hmm. um, by Black Ops. Let's see. Tristan Andre Parks, who is just an artist after my own heart, who is an MFA student at UNC. And we both just share this passion for uplifting black stories Mm -hmm. and, um, Aurelia, Aurelia, who is like managing social media and getting those posts that people people have said, oh, Jamika, you're back on Facebook now. I'm like, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> that is Aurelia pumping it up. And I just feel so privileged to know and be um, working with these extraordinary artists who have so graciously given their time and multi- layered skill set to this mm-hmm. process. I just feel so grateful. Mm-hmm. I feel so grateful. They check me lots of times. Jamaica, we heard from you what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. it's, and it's, it's just great to kind of have that accountability and support system mm-hmm. behind me.
0: How did you and your team decide what to offer during the festival? Because we're going to talk about this in just a moment, but it's not just... A series of staged readings. There are also some workshops and community conversations. And why include all those various different event types?
1: Yeah. So actually, it was really tough to, to pick what we would offer, but we were really listening and leaning into the community. Um, a lot of these workshops that you'll see presented, these these offerings are things that people have approached me about. Jamika, we, we would love some acting, you know, acting workshops from Black Ops. And, uh, and I would, people who have said, I would love to just learn from Howard Craft, like just a minute to just pick his brain. And um, there are also just some things that I've been really passionate about that I'm putting out in the community. Um, and, and actually, that's really what this is about. I feel like um, as, as an organization, Black Ops, we We did the shipment and kind of or once we deci- once I decided that black ops was a thing, it just kind of took off mm. and actually spending time. Thinking about structure, infrastructure, community, audience relations is something that just was bypassed. Mm. And so this is that's actually another impetus for this festival. I really want to connect the community to us and what we do. I don't want to be this banner hanging in front of man bites and people are like, oh, that looks cool. Who are they? When you see black ops, I want them to be like, yes, we know them because they were doing some pop up theater in my community or, you know, they, they, whatever. I just, I just feel like uh, an initial investment in community is really critical for artists because we cry a lot and we say people don't support us. People don't support artists, but like, what have we done to support aside from like put up plays on a stage that people can't even lots of times. And we like on a grander scale afford to come to, I mean, we, we're pretty, um, low scale around here as far as price is accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, as, but this is not just about like putting up plays. Right. This is about feeding and empowering community, this this area that we, we live in. And so yeah. I, I, I want to bring that importance and understanding of what we do as artists mm-hmm. to the community.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's <laughs> certainly easier to support people you know. Mm-hmm. And so part of our job as artists is to be known by the people who may see our work and then also to help community members feel like we hear them in their responses. Because I think sometimes as artists, we just want passive watchers. I mean, it's certainly easier to just have people watch you and appreciate you rather than be in conversation with them. Mm -hmm. That's just a lot harder to to do. But I think, (laughs) you know, that's what a relationship is. A relationship is a two-way street and a relationship is about connection. And if what we're talking about here is forming those connections in order to mutually support one another, it seems like a festival like this is a really excellent way to do this because um, you have a many events close together. It's a two-week festival, two week that, festival, is that right? Two mm-hmm. weekends. Yes. Two weekends. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why don't you just take us through a little bit how sure. the structure of this is going to work.
1: Okay, sure. So firstly we will open up on March fifteenth, uh, with a presentation of a staged reading by uh presented by Black Ops twelve Twenty one oh nine by Natasha Thompson and I don't want to give anything away. I would just really love for you to go and check out the site mm. and find out. And then um that Friday evening we the the next night, the Friday evening um Black Poetry Theater will be presenting Definitions of a Hero by Dasan Nahu and the Black Poetry Theater. And then we go to Saturday, Saturday and Saturday morning, 10 o'clock a.m., we have workshop with Howard Craft Masterclass, which is a ticketed event. You know, Howard is just such a treasure and Ugh. he has so much to share, just an array of knowledge. And so that is a ticketed event. We want to support everybody. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just, just something about like, He's Howard Craft. And um, then we actually have the Playground, which is an acting and singing work workshop led by local artist Lakeisha Coffey. And it really is an exploratory space. We'll be using the words of Black playwrights. And Lakeisha's going to coach folks through scene work. Uh, you've, you've seen her already on the stage and Lakeisha is phenomenal. And I've been asking her, like, can you share this, mm-hmm. what you have? And, and it all, she's also really important to me because Lakeisha does not come from the, I don't the formal theater background. She, she doesn't have the training, mm-hmm. but she's just got like this very immense, Passion and dedication for towards the craft, mm-hmm. and um, I think that's really valuable, especially for the community. Because I don't want people to feel like, oh, because I haven't I haven't done this thing or I haven't read that thing, like this is not a space for me. Mm-hmm. And I think Lakeisha is just a perfect person to open up that door and say, hey, if you want to do this. Like, come in, you know? Of the, yeah, and you like, learn by doing. You learn by doing. Right. And the, the, the first thing and the best thing that you can do is just try, try it out. And so we're opening up this really safe space to be coached by someone um, who I admire. And uh, then we have Soul Provisation, led by Tristan Andre Parks, which is a theater movement and improv class. And Tristan has developed his own technique and then... Saturday night, we actually have a stage reading by Monet Marshall and Mojoa Performing Arts Organization. Cut to Friday the 24th, -hmm. where we actually have a community conversation facilitated by Dr. John Harris, featuring myself and actress Loretta Green, who you may have seen recently in Life Sucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, We will be doing uh, a participatory. I've put out on the internet... Interactive, but I really I want to I'm so glad I have this opportunity mm-hmm. to say that it's participatory. So it's not interactive, but it's a participatory black theater overview, um, black theater history overview, because it just feels real critical to me um, that people know why you're able to do what you do as an artist like mm-hmm. there were people who who fought and clawed and died for you to be able to exist as a black theater artist on the stage mm-hmm. and i just feel like it's it's important to have people grounded in 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 that knowledge for, because for me it's not just about the art it's about continuing a legacy of folks like who I mentioned, Dr. Barbara Anteer and the National Black Theater, who was the first black arts revenue generating organization in the country. And that is huge. And we owe it to her to continue this. And I just think it's important that people ground themselves in, in the history of what it is that they do. You know, as theater artists, we um We learn Shakespeare and Chekhov and Ibsen. And I think specifically for black theater, black theater artists, we also need to just ground ourselves a little bit more Mm -hmm. and what our own story has been and is and what we want it to grow into and continue to be. Mm -hmm. So, so that's that. And then we will have, and then that uh, Saturday morning, we will have coffee and conversation. Coffee, conversation, and tips for actors with this triangle treasure. Kathy Hunter Williams of the Playmakers Repertory Company. Love Kathy. Yes. And so, and I also want to say, like, these workshops are for everybody. Like, these are, this is not just about, this is not just, uh, for black artists or black folk. Like, this is for everybody. Just, you just got black folks at the helm of it. So y'all come and support. But Kathy will just be giving out. She'll talk a little bit about her personal experience as, um, an aspiring artist up to being a working artist and finding herself in a company and talking a little bit about why she tro- chose grad school. Is it, you know, asking, you'll be able to ask her questions about, is it for me? Is it You know, and she'll mm-hmm. give tips on headshots and resumes and all things that will be important to anyone who wants to take up an acting career in American theater. Then we also have something I'm really, really excited about. Next Act, which is a performance and creativity workshop for women 50 plus. <laughs> and, um, and this will be led by, uh Robin Carmen Marshall who is mama to Monet Marshall and she also my mama. I, 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 to, I told Monet, I said, you know, I was emailing your mom and I wrote to her, I said, Hey Ma <laughs> in the email. So she's also my mama and I just love and appreciate her so much. Um and Retta Green will also be uh, as a, a part of that. So Carmen is a playwright, Robin is a playwright, and Retta as a director, actress. They'll facilitate that work together, working on working with roles that are written for women over 50. Mm -hmm. So I'm really, really excited about that. And then later on that afternoon, we will have a community conversation with Monet Marshall about her piece, her very loaded piece, By My Soul and Call It Art. And as someone who was a part of that process with Monet, I know that a ton of people had a lot of feelings leaving that space. Mm-hmm. And so this is the opportunity to get some answers and feedback from Monet and in a way that only she she can give. Mm-hmm. So that's and, and that's a lineup and actually but we're also planning um a creative mixer that will happen at the Carrick on the seventeenth, which will be like like a little after party for the after the stage reading so y'all come out and support that i'm so thrilled i hope you can hear it in my voice i couldn't be more excited just about these these offerings and and they're all uh, aside from the master class these are all free and open to the public feel free though to donate to the instructors because we also want to value people's time and what they give and what they share Mm -hmm. yeah that's what we got
0: So now people can go to one of these, go to multiple, go to all of them, kind of as they are available. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. This is an excellent group of leaders and speakers that you all have lined up. And um, I know that the participants are going to learn so much. And I'm really excited to be in the room with some of these amazing artists I feel a little in, intimidated um being with some of these folks because I know the caliber the caliber of their work. What would you say to potential festival participants who feel nervous about showing up either because um you know they're just naturally a little shy but you also have folks who don't really, and I'm doing air quotes here, don't really consider themselves artists. Or maybe you have folks who are on either spectrum of the age range and they might not feel exactly like they belong. What would you say to those folks to try and encourage them to show up?
1: So I'm going to be incredibly pragmatic here and say, shake it off. (laughs) Shake it off and come. This space is open And uh, welcoming for me and specifically talking to right now the um, black bodies who will come into the space. And if you feel like you're not a performer, um, you definitely need to shake that off and, and look at your everyday life as as performance, because we do that as black bodies in order to, like, just finagle society. Like, you're always in this state of performance. So you already do that, even mm-hmm. if you don't have any quote unquote training. Um, that is your life and has been your history. When I think about my ancestors on plantations around this country and how they engaged mm-hmm. in daily acts of ritual and performance, um, and you know just for survival we've already we've always been these rich interdisciplinary artists just in very innately mm-hmm. so i want to affirm that and say come and to everybody out there um to everybody out there i just want to just encourage you to even if it's new, just get out there and try it. I was once and someone who was very new to the theater and who was all who also shared that intimidation in certain spaces. And and also, I still navigate spaces where I feel very intimidated. And how do I fit in this space? How do I uh, make room for myself at this table? And uh, what I've learned is you just kind of just do. So come come out. I will be there, find me, and if I need to like walk anybody into a workshop, I'm happy, happy, happy to do it uh if I need to like take you outside for some water and a breather, I have time for that i will i I will do it, so just come to the festival. this is for everybody.
0: I imagine it's also an example of sort of voting with your presence, right because if this is important to you. If this kind of event is important to you, then you need to show up. Absolutely, because you can say a thing is important, but that's not going to help. If you know, if if there's low attendance, then that doesn't signify to you and the other people who are putting this festival together that this is something that should be continued annually. Exactly. So people need to, you know, yes. sort of vote with their feet. Totally, give us a reason to
1: do this again. Yeah, yes,
0: exactly. What have the responses been thus far from the artists you've asked to lead these sessions? Obviously, they've said yes. Yes, but you know what? What else have they said, and what do you think they're hoping to get from from leading these sessions or from hearing their plays read? Yeah. Um,
1: well, f- first thing, I guess I want to um, just because how, pe- folks like Howard and Kathy Williams are very important to me as far as like mentorship goes, and just to have them say to me, whatever you need, I got you, I'm there, this is important, I'm so proud of you for doing that. I feel like that is actually enough to fuel my way through not only this festival, but the rest of the year and everything that I have coming up. It just feels important to be patted on your back by people who you admire. Um, So that has just been really overwhelming, but everyone has been so great. Um, some folk, people have come to me and said, Hey, can I do a workshop at the festival? And I'm like, I would love to have you do it, but let's save that for like this upcoming fall or maybe next year. I wasn't even able to accommodate. It's, uh, that's great. <laughs> it's so great. As many people who, who wanted to, to be a part as, as far as like teaching artists goes. And um, when, so Natasha and I, who's Natasha Thompson, who's played Black Ops will be presenting. She was assistant director for the Crucible at Playmakers while I was ADing um, Detroit 67. And we met um, at a coffee shop and she started to send me her work. And I was just really moved by, um, the the way she told Black-centered stories, um, they were always from like this really surreal type perspective. And I was really just drawn to that. And she sent me something and I'm like, we need to do this in the Bull City Black Theater Festival. Mm. She And she was super surprised. I'm like, why are you so surprised? Your work is amazing. But she was on board immediately. And uh, to, when I, I was actually in Oregon, when this idea about the festival came to me. So I had like drawn up this whole proposal and um and I sent it to Design and Monet of Majoa and Black Poetry Theater. And they are like, yeah, I'm down. We're gonna like I'm I'm with you. We're gonna do this. And so everybody has been so supportive. When we dropped the news on social media, the community just really rallied behind it. I was like just so blown away. Um I think it was mid February or t- top of February when Aurelia dropped like the the initial um bull city Black theater fest is coming and within 2 days we've gotten like 292 likes on that oh, that wow. event and I'm just like wow like just the fact that people were like oh, I'm interested immediately. in that immediately mm-hmm. it just gives me like this sense of um
0: of hope and of and affirmation mm-hmm. I guess I should say, incidentally, that I will include links to Man Bites Dog Theater's uh, webpage for the Bull City Black Theater Festival. And then you also have a standalone website, and all of those links will be included in the show notes. But there's a quote on the Bull City Black Theater Festival website, and I'm going to read it. Our festival welcomes allies and is not exclusionary. But explicitly challenges white supremacy, misogyny, under and misrepresentation in the theater by affirming equitable, diverse, and inclusive practices at the beginning and end of our journey with art and as artists. Why was it important to you to include that statement on your website?
1: Yes. So, um, that statement is actually a part of my personal statement as an artist. And it just felt very, um, fitting to add to the festival as well. Because I want to, I want folks to know that, um, this is, we are not exclusionary. The fact that this is a black theater festival does not mean, uh, other people are not invited or welcome or encouraged to come to this, uh, to this festival. In fact, uh we I mean, we want to see everybody, but at the at the core of this, we want to just uplift uh black stories and black bodies and opportunities for black artists. but I did so like specifically that I just want to put out there that this is not exclusionary, mm-hmm. and then when it goes to challenging white supremacy and misogyny because there's so much of that in the American theater, so so many like. Organizations are majority male-led and white male-led at that. And so it just feels important to me that as a theater artist to always be combating, combating that standard um, for who gets to make and lead the way we create art. And under misrepresentation, I just feel like so often Black people are not at the helm of telling our own stories. Like stories are being uh fed to us through the lens of whiteness through white directors and at this point like I just really want to uplift mm. that this is like a all black led project undertaking and that just feels it feels so important and it's also very political to me because 50 years ago people were saying that I would never be able to do this mm. so it just feels so important so when you come you already know you like, don't try this with us,
0: right? Right. <laughs> so
1: it's yeah, it's it's out there.
0: What especially excites you? I know I know you're probably going to have a list, but what yes. especially excites you? About this festival, what are you most looking forward to? We,
1: so we go so for the stage readings. We'll have a week of rehearsals at Man Bites Dog, and I'm just so excited to for the gathering of three these three black theater companies. I have so much love and admiration for both Dasan and Monet, and am um, just so. Thrilled to be in the space with their companies. I just think it's so important that because we all, we all um, approach our art very differently. So I think it's just going to be so warming to be in a room with all of that plurality. Mm-hmm. And it's not any, um, and it's nothing wrong with that. It's uplifted. So that's actually like one of the things that is, that is the thing that I am most excited about just that space that we will inhabit together, the three organizations. Um we'll will rotate who gets space in the who gets time in the main space and then we'll take up some space in the living room because we're gonna work this thing out. You mm-hmm. know, space is not a luxury. We're not like we, we're gonna rehearse here for this amount of time. We have to use what we have. And uh so rotating that space with these artists and their organizations who I um And move by every day just feels like it's just the dearest to my heart. Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: So I know that your most immediate goal is to make this festival happen. Yes. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes. But have you thought about some other goals that you have for the Bull City Black Theater Festival?
1: Yes. Uh, so um, some of our goals include, and this is also on the site, which mm-hmm. Tam will send links out to, but some of our goals include just promoting a lar- a larger public understanding and appreciation of, of theater. Th- because it, theater can be presented to us in so many ways, I think it's important that we say, hey, this is how we do it, mm-hmm. and uh, try to cultivate uh, appreciation for what goes into it. Because so often you see people, um, and the only thing that they mention about a performance or that they see, it's it are the performers, and they think, oh, you. When I would say to people, oh, I uh, am in the theater, they say, oh, you're an actress. Like, right. oh no, I'm not an actress. I'm a stage manager, but I'm still in the theater. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I just really want to create this appreciation and this understanding about what we do. So even after the stage readings, there will also be a 15 minute talk, talk backs with each one of the organizations so that you can get a glimpse into what it takes to, to make something go up. You know, it's very, very different. When I was talking to Dasan about what his technical needs would be, it was very different from what I need with Black Ops mm-hmm. because of the way um, black poetry theater, like they need microphones and, you, and, mm-hmm. you know, things, and, and I don't, and it's nothing like extravagant about that, but it's just different. And I guess this would be health, healthy for me to just like find out what people need and for their aesthetic uh, to get things up on his feet. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited about that part of it. Um, and also just promoting awareness and listen the importance of culturally specific work and just how critical it is for the community to see for for little black girls to see somebody like me at the helm of this, um, because when I was growing up in the theater, when I came up in Dur- at Durham School of the Arts, um, thanks to Carl Martin, I was introduced to black plays. But otherwise, it, it was like Shakespeare and you know, and but I was never really connected to people people who in in the art form who look like me also just to increase representation visibility and opportunities and to bolster more collaboration with the region's theater companies, and also to just celebrate our likenesses, differences, uniquenesses of aesthetic. Mm. Um, And just to be making art that helps us see ourselves better and be better. So those are some of the goals that we have for the festival.
0: Is it your hope to turn this into something that is annual? I, you know,
1: I'm not sure. So I'm, I'm not sure. I, i I'm going to come back and let you know. Tam. I On the other I'm, side. You know, I'll have to figure it out because there's also the National Black Theater Festival that happens every other year. And, um, and I admire them in that festival and I want to honor this ground that they've laid. And I don't feel like. I in any way want to impede on mm-hmm. what they are given, even though like this, this one is very specific to local theater artists. So it's very different in the way that we, we navigate and the reasons why we exist, but we'll, I'll, it's just something I'm, I'm still figuring out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How to navigate that.
0: It's the national black theater festival next year. It is. So in 2019, 2019.
1: Okay. And then they'll roll again in, in 2021. So it's every other
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. So you were on the podcast a couple of months ago. You're one of my first podcast guests. So thank you so much for that. But I remember we were talking about this coming up. And I said something about the Bull City Theater Festival. And you interrupted me and you said, no, it's the Bull City Black Theater Festival. And I have not made that mistake again. (laughs) I know that this is a festival that you know, has arms wide open to include all kinds of people. But the name of it is the Bull City Black Theater Festival. Why? Why did you decide to do this kind of a theater festival? What do you think was missing locally that motivated you? And we've talked a little bit about this, but I feel like it's important to kind of circle back to it. Why did you and the other artists involved feel motivated to do this? Well, for me, and I I can
1: speak for myself, I was motivated to do this because I do want to celebrate specifically Black theater by Black theater makers. I think it's great when organizations like Playmakers and Man Bites and just Theater Project, um, and Interact and all these other places, like do pieces that center Black stories. But I think it's something even more vital about it when those stories are actually curated by black creators and so this festival uplifts that black theater by black creators so that and that's the reason why we added this like bull city black theater festival because we want to uplift we want to uplift blackness in a way that I don't feel like it has been centered in the triangle
0: mm-hmm. previously what's next for you
1: so what's next for me? So I'm really excited. Right after the festival, I actually take off to New Hampshire to be directing a student piece at Dartmouth College. Um, and I'm super excited about this piece by uh, Celeste Jennings. And in the same vein of Ntozake the For Colored Girls, this is also a choreo piece that fit, features nine ladies. And um, I'm very very specific about saying ladies because the characters are named like a lady, that lady, another lady, other lady, things like that. So, um, so I'm just really excited about that. And then, um, after. And after that, I'll spend a little more time in the bull city putting more uh we will actually um actually start more consistent workshops in the fall. I've been talking to Laura Ritchie at the Carrick about creating a playwright's playground for new and upcoming voices we We have a certain few that we see often, and I'm so happy and I champion those folks but i also it's also very important to me that we be We put some focus on emphasis on cultivating newer voices as well. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I'm really, really thrilled about. And we'll be making an announcement about very soon. And then after that, I'm going to direct Twelfth Night at Shakespeare in Detroit. Oh, wow. Yes. And which will lean, uh, which will have a, we'll be leaning very heavily towards a a Harlem Renaissance aesthetic. I'm just super, super excited about directing more Mm -hmm. um, because it's become a passion of mine. Mm
0: Directing a festival is not the same thing as directing a play. No. No, no. <laughs> Very no. different skill Very different skill set.
1: So actually I'm 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 happy to be going back to something that feels uh, that I feel more comfortable at doing. Mm-hmm. This festival thing is still very new, but directing feels like something I'm finding my footing in. And I, and I want to be so, doing so much more because I want to, like you said, you learn by doing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, oh, I want to be a director. So I got to be directing things. I'm really excited about these projects that I have coming up.
0: Could you say again the name of the playwright and the name of the piece at Dartmouth that you're
1: doing? Uh, Citrus is the name of the piece. Okay. And the playwright is Celeste Jennings, and she's actually a senior at Dartmouth College.
0: Oh, wow. Yes,
1: and uh, just one of the most exciting talents that I have come across um, in a very long time. She's from Little Rock, Arkansas, and she's just got... I don't know, Tam, if you remember when you and were in undergrad, there's just like this passion yeah. that you have.
0: A long time ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like,
1: it's just so refreshing yes. to be around that eagerness mm-hmm. again. Um, and this will be the first mounting of this piece. So you can imagine her excitement as a playwright who's, yes. who's had pieces mounted, but, but com- accompanied with that undergraduate ferocity. Yes. So I'm just super excited about working with her and this piece.
0: Oh, that's really neat. I'd like to, at some point, I'd like to read that because oh, that sounds really exciting. Absolutely. I know that there were some people that you wanted to give some shout-outs to. So why don't we do that before we close?
1: I just want to give the biggest shout-out to my good friend, Ian Bowater who put up a staged reading of his piece, The Millennium Boy, to help raise funds for the festival. I could actually get really emotional talking about Ian because he means so much to me. Having someone at your back to champion, champion you the entire way through ups and downs is a lot more rare than, uh, I think people think. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just very appreciative for just the support, the ongoing support. Even when I don't know, like how I'm gonna support myself, or you know, even when I just feel so down on myself, what are you doing? Because I know it comes along with being an an, an artist sometimes, like this imposter syndrome, you Mm -hmm. know. And uh, Ian constantly affirms me, and I couldn't say enough good things. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Ian. I also want to give a. Special shout out to Sicily, Dr. Cicely Mitchell of the Art of Cool Festival in Durham, who opened up her office hours to me to talk to talk with me about this festival in the very early stages of development and some of the gems that she um she dropped. On me, I carry with me through this entire process when they are days. So I'm just like, okay, how am I going to get these things? Like there's some things that Cicely has said to me. They'll pop up in my brain and mm-hmm. they keep me going. So I just want to, uh, shout her out and so many other people, but also, but, uh, most importantly, and I'm going to say most importantly, Jeff and Ed at Man Bites Dog, just the, The support that they have given Black Ops within these last two years is immeasurable. And I would never, ever be able to thank them enough. Mm -hmm. And if I left you out, please charge it to my heavy plate (laughs) and not my heart. You will get a thank you after the festival (laughs) is over. But right now, just let me get through it. But I do just appreciate the support. Tam. I appreciate you for having us and having having me and Mm -hmm. let me
0: ramble on about the things that I'm passionate about. Well, it's my great pleasure. And, you know, it's clear from our conversation that your heart is full of gratitude, but it's also clear to me, or a reminder, hopefully to all of us, that it takes a lot of people to make something mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. And it takes people on the front lines, but it also takes, you know, the mentors and the supporters from behind the scenes that you mentioned. All of those roles are vitally important to supporting us as we make work as artists. Absolutely. And I think that's just a great reminder. And I appreciate you doing those shout outs because people need to be thanked and need to understand what kind of an impact they can have. Yes. And also, I think it's a good reminder for us thinking like, okay, those people had an impact on me. How can I then have an impact on the next you know, the next generation Absolutely. coming forward, because, wow, we need to be doing this for each other Absolutely. over and over.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much Thank you, for Tam. being here. I'm so excited to come and see this. Remind us all, when is the first event?
1: Yes, March 15th, okay. 7.30 p.m. at Man Bites Dog Theater in
0: Durham. Great. Artist Soapbox is a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to support the podcast, please go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash artistsoapbox. I'll have all of the links and the show notes on the website artistsoapbox.org. Thanks so much, Jamaica. And we're out. All right.